It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. I'm ready to talk about some defense. You know, hope springs eternal going into the bye with a, with a new superstar, hopefully wide receiver, and all the, the joy in the world. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about even a bad, a bad football game. <laughs> so on Tuesday, we did our All-22 review of the offense. Yesterday, we did our uh, Twitter Thursday kind of edition of the show. You guys absolutely love that. Uh, you guys had some great questions. I saw some people shouting us out on Twitter saying that you know they, they love that. Maybe we'll try to do that a little bit more yeah. as the season goes on. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So thank you guys for your questions. Um, let's jump into the all 22 film. Let's do uh, it. We, we, we kind of got together. We had some similar notes on this game. Um, but I want to start with the good before we start kind of talking about some of the bad things that happened in this game. Uh, and let's start with the good with Demarcus Lawrence mm. who did not record a sack in this game. I don't believe at least, um, but he was all over the field. I, I thought Lawrence had a fantastic game. Uh, and this is one of the things where, Sometimes sack totals can lie to you because sure. uh, I don't think Lawrence has had a sack over the last two games maybe. But, I mean, absolutely dominant in the run game. Uh, they they just had a hard time blocking him. So what did you see from Lawrence uh, when you went back and watched the L22? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think the note that I ended up putting later on in the game was Lawrence is basically the whole run defense at this point. You know, later yeah. on in the game when um, – you know, the Cowboys really, you know, I, my initial impression with the defensive line as a whole was that it didn't play well. But I, when I went back and watched, it, they actually didn't play badly at all. And they were able to provide some pressure. And, you know, Alex Smith is able to escape and but was pressured and just was forced to roll out a couple different times by, you know, solid schemes and, 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 and pass rush by this defense. But there wasn't a lot of sacks. Uh, I think, actually, they only got one, and, and uh, I just wanted to go check. Demarcus Lawrence had three tackles for a loss. They, he did not have a sack, but he had seven combined tackles and three three tackles for a loss. So um, I think that, you know, and, I, and I'm pretty sure that Owning was telling me that he had another two or three tackles at the line of scrimmage. So, um you know, basically, he was a, five, that's five different run stops that he created a negative play. So, um, I think that when you look at that, he himself had a fantastic game. Um, and I think for the first part of the ha- first half of the game, most of the defensive line did as well. Um, I think in the second half, you know, the, the the interior seemed to get 
started getting pushed around a little bit more. It feels like they were able to break off some bigger runs. And then, you know, unfortunately, some bad linebacker play sort of kind of fed into that. But to continue on the positive side of things until we get to that, yes, Demarcus Lawrence played very well. And I and I and they had some interesting ways to try to get him freed up, including to continue to have the nose tackle line up on the same side of the center as the three technique at times. And then they were running lots of kind of looping stunts and as well. But when they weren't running those looping stunts what it what it provided for them was three individual one-on-one matchups between the nose tech in the center the three tech in the the guard and then because of that the guard couldn't go out there to help demarcus the offense tackle versus um, demarcus lawrence so that provided an opportunity for him as well so lots it's lots of good and interesting stuff that the cowboys tried to use to deploy to get these guys freed up now that they've got some pass rushing talent inside uh even that position even that kind of formation allowed someone like david irving from the three technique to make a large loop around to attack the guard on the opposite side of the formation uh, while on the move, which, of course, makes Dave, uh, David Irving even more deadly. So lots of interesting stuff, uh, lots of you know, good positive stuff, despite some really, really crappy field position uh, and bad positions that the defense was put into uh, in the first half. So our friends at Pro Football Focus track stops, which I believe, if I remember correctly, is any tackle within one yard of the line of scrimmage. The uh, Marcus Lawrence had seven last week. Wow, seven! Yeah, he was all over the field. Uh, it, you know, I think there's some people that were worried last year that, you know, he he was just a one year wonder. Uh, you're seeing that's not the case. Even if he doesn't hit the sack totals that he had last year, the uh, Marcus Lawrence is having a fantastic year. I mean, uh, I think I want- he's he's got to I mean, he's got to be in, in conversation as probably the best two-way defensive end in the, in oh, the league. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I mean, he's, I mean, he's, he's in the conversation as a pass rusher, but I think he's at the very top of the conversation as far as playing against the run and the pass. Like he, he does it as well, if not better than anyone in the league. Well, I, I think you can almost just say he's one of the best three or four defensive ends in football. I mean, I really oh, don't. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He, I, he, I think he's just so that. well-rounded. He, yeah. there's really no weakness in his game. Um, yeah. yeah. So I'm, Everything Demarcus Lawrence has shown this year, I, I'd have no hesitation giving him, uh, you know, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen million dollars a year. I mean, that's a complete football player. Um, I want to talk about the rest of the defensive line for a minute before we get to those linebackers. Uh, which guys did you think had a good day, and which ones did you think had bad days? Because uh, the, I had a couple guys that I thought played okay. I thought Tyrone Crawford was fine in the limited snaps that he was in there. Um, I thought. Uh, Antoine Woods was okay at times, but what did you see from the rest of the Cowboys' defensive line? Well, both of those two guys I felt played well overall, but both of those guys also at times got pushed around inside. And with Woods, that's kind of unacceptable. I mean, because that's basically your job is to not be pushed around inside. Right. With right. Crawford, it's like he's undersized. I mean, it's going to happen. It's just it's unfortunate because, like, you know, when he gets double teamed, he doesn't really – stand a chance i mean so uh and it caused problems you know i think the issue is it probably doesn't cause as many problems when the linebacker play is a lot more solid and we'll talk about that in a second i'm sure but uh i I think that you know because of those two issues because the linebacker play was not solid around all the way around and because you know those guys were getting pushed around it it you know the pocket, the the line of scrimmage was being reestablished several li- yards off the line of, of where it re- originated. So um, I, I think that that you know ultimately caused a lot of problems for the Cowboys. You know, and let's be clear, 
the Redskins scored only 20 points. I mean, the Cowboys gave – and that's despite having some of the worst field position and being put in terrible positions. Like, the, overall, this defense didn't perform as poorly as the offense by any stretch of the imagination at all. And remember, but, uh, they, the offense gave them seven points, so they really yeah. only gave up 13. Yeah, so uh, uh, again, I, I think I, – I'm being critical here, and we're being ticky-tacky, but I, I think – when I say that there were snaps, I mean individual snaps. Most of the snaps for all of these guys were good. Now, I, I think Taco Charlton struggled. I think Taco Charlton struggled in the in the run run game where I, that's just where I, we can't afford to have him struggle. If he's not going to be an elite, you know, top in tier pass rusher, he needs to be a very good de- run defender. Yeah, he's got to hold up there, and, and he was not playing well at least Sunday. I, I think he's been overall pretty decent, um, but uh, you know, outside of that, you know, I think. Yeah, Antoine Woods for the most part played a, a solid game. Um, you know, Irving showed us some things. Collins flashed. I, the good thing I thought is that was seeing Irving and Collins look like they're probably on their way to being healthy. Um, and on the other side, Randy Gregory has looked looks better than he has previous weeks. But learning that he needed to have a knee uh, scope makes sense. Uh, made a lot of sense in my head as to why he hasn't. You know. I guess performed more, so uh, that's kind of was my initial. That, those are my thoughts with the defensive line. Uh, I think this defensive line can play a lot better, and I think, I, yeah, I think they will it, too. Yeah, and I think they will, and that just kind of shows you they were able to, you know, play pretty okay at least against a, a good Redskins offensive line. Hold this team to really ten points when you consider the turnover they gave up in the first half. Um, it, it just shows you what kind of ceiling this group has. And I don't think we've even seen close to this team playing at their, their full capability yet, at least in the front seven. But uh, let's take a quick break, and we will come back, and we'll talk about the linebackers. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence that you need. Listen up, bluechew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready for whenever an opportunity arises. BlueChew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visit. No waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment for free when you use our special promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's Blue, B-L-U-E, Chew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to try it for free right now. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so the Cowboys linebackers was a bit of a mixed bag on Sunday. 
Uh, we'll start with Sean Lee. Uh, I kind of think this was maybe the best game Sean Lee had all season. Uh, played 38 total snaps, and I'm kind of thinking that may be the plan going forward. Try to keep him around, you know, somewhere between 35, 40 snaps. Rotate these guys in, and you will see a, a good Sean Lee. He had a really nice play on. I think it was a, it was a sweep where he kind of sniffed it right out on a. I think it was a second and one, third and one. Uh, made the tackle, just an outstanding play. Doesn't have the athleticism anymore of the other two, but you can see his his ability to read an offense and to make plays is still there. What did you see from the Cowboys linebacker group uh, in Week Seven? I think you know for the most part it was their worst game overall. I mean, just because I feel like you know Leighton Vander Esch specifically looked like a rookie for stretches of the of the game which he hadn't previously um you know it was by I, far I, his worst game at yeah. least in my opinion yeah absolutely and, and it still wasn't a terrible terrible game it's just it was just you know he we had kind of gotten used to a level of play with him and this was the first game where it felt like he kind of delivered a stinker um and Jalen Smith I think you know was kind of up and down at times too and I, I think that you know with those two guys kind of playing not at their top level Sean Lee playing well but i mean not you know i mean just kind of still working his way back into the defense um i think you know the obviously the, and then combined with the this, the occasional breakdowns with were happening on the defensive line i think it was it was a lot you know and um again this is uh, keeping the the context of this criticism in the prism that they only allowed basically 13 points you know you know on the road against the against Washington um and, right. and frankly let, let's just talk about this seven of those points or at least six i guess to say came on a very questionable no call block in the back uh, in which Kayvon Frazier probably is making the tackle for or at least slowing him down, at least slowing, or him at down. least slowing him down to allow other people to get to him, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, so there's some of that going around as well. But I, I think that overall, this defense, you know, as upset as we are about the game, I think the defense didn't play poorly at all. I mean, I think that overall they played well. All right, I want to talk a little bit about the secondary uh, before we close today's show. Uh, Byron Jones, I actually didn't think he played his best game of the season. I pl- I've seen him play better. Um, it, it just it, this was a unit that should should have locked down Washington's receivers. You know, when you're talking about Josh Doxson and Maurice Harris and whoever they were putting out there, I, I thought they could have had a better game. It was just I, I it was just not to the level that I was expecting them to see. Uh, what did you see from the Cowboys secondary, specifically their cornerback? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, you know, they they gave up a, basically, you know, three or four plays. I, I don't know that I'm, you know, I, I listen. If you want to have a conversation on what the hell C.J. Goodwin was doing out there on third and eight against Jordan Reed on, on the, the Dallas thirty-six yard line, one on one, you know, on, and by the way, one of only two snaps that he was put in on defense in the entire game, we can have a conversation about that. But you know, Doxon had like you know he had three catches for forty-two yards on six targets. So you know, and the outside of that. I you know, I don't know who else really had a a, a big receiving day. I, I think you know one of those catches. I agree that you know Byron Jones gave up one of those one or two of those catches, and and you know that's or you know that's probably one or two more than he normally does in a game. But I felt like overall the secondary did their jobs. I mean no no you know they only threw for 178 yards, you know, uh, 
they, they yeah, on fourteen receptions on twenty four targets. Yeah, but like, I just felt like it, it just felt like you needed a play from one of those guys, and it just seemed like they were always a couple steps behind making a play. No, I, that's what I'm saying. They didn't play a bad game. Yeah, I think that was it was fine, but it's just. In, in these kind of games, when you have a significant talent advantage, that's where I'd like to see them kind of take well, it over. Well, I, I, listen, I, I think for me, the criticism, this is, is it safety. Because, I, you know, this is where, I mean, you know, we need Woods to start taking that next step. We need Heath to start showing us something. Some, one, one of these safeties needs to start doing something. Because I think that's where... That's where I noticed the issues, you know, is Woods still being a step slow to pull the trigger, you know, uh, uh, Heath, um, you know, getting caught up inside as, you know, and it's like, you know, look, your strength as, as Woods, your strength is supposed to be at the back end running and diagnosing these plays and going to get it. Heath, your strength is supposed to be down, being down in the box and mixing it up and making tackles and using your athleticism. So when those issues are failing those two players individually, you know, they're not having good games. And and, and sure. that, and that like, we're only asking them to do two or three different th- – I mean, they're, they're kind of switching back and forth. But, I, you know, I think that they're not trying to ask them to do too much. I mean, they've got really good corners on the outside and on the inside at times. And so I think that uh, what, they've, what they're asking the safeties to do isn't too much. And I think that we need them to start making plays. Because I, I think at times, you know, the, you've seen the corners – you know, deflect passes. You've seen the, the the corners challenge these guys physically or knock the ball out and stuff. Like they're not getting interceptions, but they've made plays in the ball. We haven't really seen that with the safeties outside of one ball bouncing right into Jeff Heath's hands. And right. you know, so uh, we need these guys to start carrying their weight with the rest of the defense and and start making plays. All right, before we go, uh, there's one thing I wanted to talk to you about before we head out, and that's uh, the Cowboys today are working out uh, cornerback safety Obi Melifonwu, uh, who was put on the Raiders' injured reserve list um, and who they waived uh, a couple days ago after being declared healthy. Um, I know a lot of people liked Obi coming out of the draft. I was one of those guys. Uh, But I think there were some misconceptions about his game, and I just wanted to talk about that really quickly before we end the show. Yeah, actually, this Uh, is I didn't even know that he was... That he was, I didn't. I haven't heard this news. That oh, okay, we were, so yeah, that we're working he, him out. Is, is that in, true? He's actually. We're we're recording this on Thursday afternoon, and he's in the star right now, working out for the Cowboys. Is he eligible to play this year? Yeah, he's 100 percent healthy right now. No, but no, but I mean, he was put on IR and then waived. Is there? There's no like mechanism. No, he can play. For, he, okay, he can cool. play next sorry, Sunday. Sorry, sorry, this is bad radio, but I'm learning. Okay, cool. No, no, you're fine. Okay, go ahead. Um, but I've been talking to a couple of our friends, uh, you know, cowboy guys, about this, and there's some. You know, speculation that maybe he should be Chris Richard's next cornerback, you know, guy in the mold of Byron Jones, or maybe he should be the Cam Chancellor. Uh, that's actually not Obi's strength. And this is what I'm thinking the Cowboys may be thinking about Obi. The topper. Possibly a topper. I, I thought about that as well because this is a this is a great athlete who can play the free safety. And actually when he was at UConn, that was his best spot. Uh, but one thing they don't have, and you you just brought this up, and it kind of refreshed my memory. The Cowboys don't really have anybody that can cover tight ends right now. Uh, they had that C.J. Goodwin covering tight ends for I have no idea why. Uh, he got hurt. He's out for the season. They have one snap where Chidobi was covering one of the tight ends. I, I don't really like that. I like him better on the outside. 
But that's actually Obi's strength. You can put him against tight ends, and he has the size, the strength, and the athleticism to cover those guys. And with games coming up, you know, two games against Zach Ertz, another game against Jordan Reed, maybe they're thinking Obi could be a guy that comes in on 15, 20 snaps a game and covers tight ends on passing downs. Uh, maybe he's a guy that they want to develop long-term as a free safety. Uh, I'm not sure. But when you're, when you're going to take chances in free agency – uh, you know, this late in the season, I never have a problem taking a chance on a guy with that much athleticism. So if the Cowboys ultimately decide to bring him in and sign him, I would be for that. But keep in mind, he's probably not going to be a corner. He's not going to be a in-the-box uh, run stuffer. He's probably going to be more of a coverage guy, whether that's as a tight end stopper or as a free safety. So any thoughts on Obi coming here for the Dallas uh, for the rest of the season? Man, I got a lot of thoughts. Um, yeah, I mean, first off, to, to your point, I, I think this is a defense that would love to play more three safeties formations. I agree. But I, th- I think the problem is is that they don't have three safeties to play those formations. So um, the I problem think... is The problem is Kayvon can't do the tight end no. stuff. No. That's that's really and, well, problem. and the the problem is is that Kayvon can't do any kind of coverage stuff really right you know I mean that, like almost anything and 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 it's the problem is really that Kayvon because he's a safety can be too easily manipulated into situations that he's not comfortable with and so if you're gonna play three safety you need to have someone who is at least established in both I, I you know look. I loved Obi coming out, and I, I feel like, and you, you're, you're an Oakland commentator too, too, so you, you probably know better than I do. But I've always felt like he was misused to a certain degree in Oakland, and uh, I felt he like it, there was a lot of impatience with the guy that probably needed a little bit of patience. I think that I have zero, zero doubts that Chris Richard is going to be able to get something good out of this guy, you know, and I think that. You know, he if if they can get him in and sign him and he can play, I mean, that's a coup. I, I, I seriously, I mean, I, I love this guy. I love the way he plays. You get him in here back with Byron Jones to make him feel comfortable. Who's his best friend, to, by the way? And is that big, true? Yes, it's, it's, it's his I, best I, friend. I believe it. Um, and you 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 get him over here. That's probably why he came came over here. Mm-hmm. Probably. Um, you know, I think you get them out there on the field together. That that athleticism. Look. Tall guy, long legs, athletic. His instincts are are you know developing, and he's a he's a good football player. You can put him in the back end because he's so long leg, he can cover ground so quickly that that's why I talked about using him as a topper. And you see that in this college film that he covers so much ground so quickly, and he's so big that he arrives physically, and he's so tall that you know when he's there, he's already got a height advantage usually on whoever he is going up on the against them on the uh, on the ball. So, um, and then yeah, like you know, look, people wanted to talk to, about using him as a cam chancellor type I, I don't know if he's that kind of player he's he's not that level of physical i i think you know he is no, he's not he's he's more of a finesse player at his with with height and speed and like length you know um but that has value you know i mean that has a lot of value i could see people that talked about wanting to move him uh as a corner and i think actually you and i talked about that when he was coming out that that he could potentially develop as a corner but but i i i think that where he fits in this defense is in a third safety role i think you know he could or maybe not maybe not the the 
I don't think he'll always be the third safety. I think he has opportunity to take one of these jobs for sure if he develops because he has that level of I – mean, he has just so much potential. But I think immediately he can come in and give you good, solid snaps as a third safety while working his way up the rotation. I, 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 this is, I mean, thrilling because I didn't even know that he was – healthy or available to play this season so this is kind of a on-air thrill for the cow for the cowboy fan <laughs> right. this is you're getting a natural reaction right here so all right yeah I that's will, cool i will try to fill in really quickly before the show ends please kind of what happened to obi over the last 24 months so the raiders drafted him and the the idea was that they were going to make him a strong safety um he got kind of hurt and was a little banged up to start the season played his first game in week nine and it was actually really good as a strong safety in a coverage role. The following week, the, the Raiders had a bunch of injuries at cornerback, and they had to play him outside against Brandon Cooks and the New England Patriots. Uh, and Cooks just roasted him twice down the field for big gains. And then after that, kind of lost his confidence, played one snap uh, against Denver the following week. And then that's all you heard from Obi. They, they didn't play him the rest of the season. Got hurt over the offseason, hurt his hip. And didn't do much in um, training camp this year. John Gruden just got tired of him being injured and decided to move on. They they waived him injured. He reverted back to their IR. And Gruden said back in August, you know, as soon as he's healthy, we're cutting him. He's gone. Um, he's finally healthy. He's over his hip issue now. We'll see if it works out. Um, I, I'm I'm fully on board here. Uh, but just something to keep in mind. He's, he's kind of been like Byron early in his career where he's kind of struggled to find a home. If the Cowboys can figure out where his best spot is, you might have been able to steal a player late in October. So, Re- Real just, quick, when, yeah. did he, when did he get released by Oakland officially? Uh, two days ago. Okay, so it was, it was that recent. Wow. Okay, yes. wow. Interesting. Yeah, wow. so he, he's finally healthy, he's, he's ready to play, and he wants to play. So this isn't a thing of, you know, if you bring him in, you have to stash him for a year. No, he, he's ready to play right now. Fantastic. Exciting news for Cowboys fans. Absolutely. All right, that's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at LockedOnCowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you guys next time. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.